Welcome to Should I Stay or Should I Grow, where we help you find and step into your calling. Today, we welcome special guest, Dr. Kristen Lloyd. Kristen Lloyd, PhD, is a highly accomplished psychotherapist, transformational coach, Reiki master, energy psychology practitioner, certified hypnotherapist, college educator, and consultant. Through her invigorating and transformative facilitation skills, Kristen has been guiding individuals, couples, and executives to achieve dramatic breakthroughs in mindset, self-confidence, and aligning with their soul's purpose, as well as reinventing one's future for success. Welcome back to Should I Stay or Should I Grow? And we have a special guest here today. It is my business coach, Dr. Kristen Lloyd. Thank you so much for being here today, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and can't wait to talk about this topic. It's so juicy. Yeah, I completely agree. So we're taking a different spin on resolutions. I think a lot of us are probably thinking about setting a new resolution as New Year's approaches. And I looked at that this morning, there are um, a top 10 resolutions that people set. So exercise more, lose weight, get organized, learn a new skill or hobby, live life to the fullest, that's broad, (laughs) save more money slash spend less money, quit smoking, spend more time with family and friends, travel more or read more. And I think probably most people can relate to about half of those at least that they've wanted to uh, add into their lives. But according to a study published in the Journal of Clinical Psychology, 46% of people who make a New Year's resolution were actually successful to sticking to that resolution. And so, Dr. Lloyd, if you don't mind, I would like us to focus on learn a new skill or hobby because we're going to be speaking in uh, future episodes about how you can try new skills or try a hobby and that could actually lead to your calling. So um, let's start out with why don't resolutions work? Oh, for many reasons. But one, one of the most simple reasons is actually grounded in behavior change. So um, one, of the, one of the foundational um, methods of behavior change is actually used a lot in uh, addiction research and in health behaviors research. And it's called the trans-theoretical model of change. It was actually um, the stages of change that I used in my uh, doctoral dissertation. And so it, for those who are unfamiliar with it, the five stages of change are pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance. And then while those are the five stages of change in addiction research, relapse, is considered another uh, state of change where people either start back at preparation or, or maybe in a stage of pre-contemplation. And so essentially what that means is prior to January 1st, 
people are tapping into their future selves. And so they're putting a lot of weight and energy onto what they're going to do. So they're forecasting what they're going to be able to do, what their future self is capable of. However, they're not sourcing that energy in the present. They're not sourcing what what steps they will actually need to take. And so um, one of the things that I sometimes will joke about is I'll call it the cheeseburgers to salad philosophy, (laughs) where people will think that they can go from habitual behaviors on one end of the spectrum and then shift to another. And it really becomes too hard and too overwhelming for their brain. And, you know, that digs deeper into not just behavioral research, but what we call cognitive load, which is we can only take on so much at one given time. And when it, when we look at other psychological, psychological foundations, uh, decision-making, right? So we talk about decision fatigue, um, 40% of what we do on a daily basis is habit. And um, there's research actually from a book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, who um, talks all about habit and why habits are so instrumental in behavior change. And, and, and when we create new habits, right, that was also something that was discussed a lot um, a couple of years ago with resolutions was, oh, no, not, let's not do resolutions. Let's do habit changes. But even habit changes are complex because we also need to connect with why we want to connect, why we want to change those habits. What, like, what's, what are we going to get from that habit change? So there, there are many different avenues from which we can talk about resolutions um, and why they don't work. And, and the other thing I'll say is cognitive distortions where we step into this all or nothing paradigm of, okay, now it's January 1st. I have to do everything perfect. And when somebody slips, then they're like, ah, you know, screw it. I'm going to go do, you know, this, or it's the end, or I'll start over tomorrow. And then it becomes almost like the beginning of the end where they, they only can last a couple of weeks because they've created something so strict for themselves that they, then they see themselves as a failure or they've done something for seven or eight days, but it has altered their routine so drastically that it's mentally and physically exhausting. And then people just, you know, what we call fall off the wagon but it really isn't about willpower. It's, it's about the structure of psychological and behavioral change and really implementing that. So what I'm hearing from everything that you're saying is we're approaching resolutions wrong. We think it's as easy as, well, tomorrow I'm just going to start to eat salads and I've been eating cheeseburgers all this time. And I'm just going to will myself into eating that salad. But what you're saying is that behind what seems like a simple change, there's all the psychological, cognitive, behavioral patterns in our brain that we have to consider. And it's not just as simple as willing ourselves through, but perhaps understanding um 
the mechanisms of how our brain works to make that transition. Right. Yeah. Yes. And the other piece, which I, I didn't mention, but is also emotion regulation. So we may rely on certain things for emotion regulation in our daily routine. And so one of them may be working out, right? So if someone has a viewpoint that this is going to be hard or it's going to be difficult or it's going to be uncomfortable, there are paradigms created within the mind of that experience and of it not being pleasant. And so that paradigm needs to be shifted, right? That visualization of, oh, I don't want to, it's going to hurt my knees or it's going to be difficult. All of those things that we tell ourselves, the narrative, the story that we're telling makes it even more difficult. And so this is also why we, if we're going to move our bodies, I, I like to say move our bodies better than work out because there's also, you know, neuro-linguistically, we have so much programming and there's um, baggage attached to certain things, right? So um, just recently, I, I saw an article where soda and, and fountain drink companies are removing diet from everything and they're now using zero because of the neuro-linguistics of that, that word and millennials don't like it. So that, that's just, you know, I'm not trying to redirect the conversation, but just pointing out that we, we have, there's a lot of emotions tied to phrasings, narrative, story. So if we tell ourselves, oh, I have to work out an hour every day. I don't like it. I have to go to the gym. So there, there's, all of these, again, paradigms, who says that? Like, where did you get this information? And so that also sets someone up for failure because they're not starting a walking routine for 10 minutes a day because of what they think and believe about what works and what doesn't. And the truth is consistency is key. So not only is it just hard to make a shift and there's all these processes to consider it's hard to maintain a change and in addition to our cognitive processes we have the emotions that also we need to take into consideration and it, what it brings to mind for me is um, I've always wanted to have an exercise routine and I have never been able to stick to anything. Um, and so I'm wondering, from a practical point of view, what is the way to reframe our, our, our resolutions from simple, I'm going to make this change and I'm going to will myself into sticking to this because it seems that most of us think of it this way. What is the reframe? What is a simple way to, is there a simple way to take into consideration all of these complex emotional, cognitive, behavioral patterns. Yes. So, and and you've made some good points. So, yes. Be, so, first, I want to start off with we have been approaching this from a fear-based mentality. We have been approaching this 
from um, if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. So we have been approaching this from a scarcity mindset. So we want to uh, shift that definitely to more of an abundance mindset. And the quickest way to shift our brains, um, and I learned this from my hypnotherapy training, right, is fun and something that is humorous, right? So one of the keys of, of memory reconsolidation is uh, humor, using humor. And one of the quickest ways that we can create behavior change is to have fun with it and to keep it simple and also to integrate it into our current routine. If you or your, your listeners are working an eight to five and then they're planning to, oh, and I have to go to the gym after, that thing will get, that, that gym after or whatever that activity is will attrition out very quickly because it's extra. It's extra. So we need something that's already integrated into our routine. So integrated into something that's already a habit, like habit stacking. So if during your lunch break, you decide that you're going to turn on some music and dance for five minutes, right? You, you may want to make sure that you get your heart rate up to a certain um, to a certain place for five minutes or seven minutes. Statistically, what I've seen in a lot of different research is it doesn't matter if you do something in a 30-minute increment or you do it in three 10-minute increments or multiple increments. And that's the way to create massive shifts. So I'm hearing, I'm hearing this big tip has kind of like three different aspects. The first aspect is that we have to shift our mindset from a punishment, fear-based, what you call scarcity, um, you know, beating yourself into submission, into doing this, maybe scaring yourself. Maybe that means how we speak to ourselves internally. Oh, you're such and such unless you do this or hmm, you don't have the discipline. What's wrong so with lazy. you? You're so lazy. What's wrong with you? You're so lazy. That's the, the, the fear-based. That's the, yeah. the, the, and I, I have seen studies about how that can work for us in the short term for a limited time. But at some point, and I, this, this brings to, to, to mind what you said about the cognitive load, it becomes so depleting for us that it's, it doesn't work at some point. It stops working. So what you're saying, the, the first tip that I hear is, shifting from from that scarcity mindset to yeah. a yeah. abundance what you call abundance so 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 kind of almost like seducing yourself into 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 doing it it, it makes me think almost like when we talk to children about uh, getting them to do something the fear the, the the scarcity mindset does not work especially with toddlers or with seven-year-olds might have a seven-year-old, but you have to make it fun. You have to make it appealing. So they're like, Oh yes, I'm going to eat my, my little gnome trees, her, her, her broccolis. Um, uh, but for us, of course, it has to be a little bit more sophisticated. And the second thing that I'm hearing from, from the, the wonderful tip that you gave it is that 
uh, what you call habit stacking. So what I'm understanding from this is to take a look at the routines, the habits you already have. And then if you go to lunch, if you if just take a look at your day, what do you do routinely? What's a habit that's firmly ingrained? Do you brush your teeth after you eat? Do you uh, eat lunch at a certain time? And then stack what you want to do next to it. Um, and then the third tip that I'm hearing is start small. Starting small is okay. Um, whether you want to, uh, if you want to, if, if we're thinking about working out as a way for us to, to, to think about this more simply, if you're thinking about getting 30 minutes in, maybe you brush your teeth three times a day and each time you brush your teeth or with meditation, uh, you brush your teeth and you meditate for even two minutes, even five minutes. And then um, if you want to build up that, that habit, then you already work with what's working for you. Right. So every time you go to the bathroom, you do five squats. I actually have kind of been doing this. Um, Atomic Habits recommends, you know, this habit stacking. Yeah. And so I use the restroom more than anyone I know, but I do drink a lot of water. And so every time I go to the restroom, when I come back out, I ask my uh, Alexa to start a one minute timer. And I try to hold a plank for one minute. I tend to come to my knees and pop back up. And then I ask her to do another minute. And I do like air airbags and just kind of like, because that's fun for me. And so I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm a fire. I'm a superhero, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I make it really fun when I come back. And, you know, throughout the day, I think that probably does make a difference. So yeah. I think at this point, we're in the first two stages, right? Because theoretically, we're aiming for the first. Maybe people take the first off because they had a light, late night the day before. So maybe they're starting this the second. But right now, we're in the first two stages. Is that correct? Well, pre-contemplation is where you're thinking about making a change and it's in the near future. So I would say that uh, prior to January 1, we're in the pre-contemplation stage. The contemplation stage is more where, where you really have a plan of action. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I've got the broccoli in the freezer. I've actually purchased the yoga mat. It's I know where it is. It's unwrapped, right? So we we we're in that in that contemplation where we're we're getting ready to get ready, and then the action phase is is actually when you've taken that first step. So you can quote unquote mess up, right? Because nobody is perfect, and uh, that's that's the other piece. Is there's this somehow there's this belief about perfection. And this is also where, um, you know, we're shifting, I think as a culture away from diet mentality, right. As, as a culture. And because there is this whole strict regimen and, you know, some people like some of these trainings. Um, I, I had a client tell me about one where it was like a 75 day, like you have to work out inside and outside. And if you miss one day, you start over at the beginning. Again, it's fear-based right? So it's fear-based. So, and, and some people in decide to engage in that. And if that works for you, fine. But I find for the majority of, uh, of us that doesn't work because it's, 
um, shame inducing, or it, it's, it's largely showing us that we can't do it. And then it creates this failure mentality. And it's not about us or willpower or shame. It's we need these smaller steps. And, and one more thing that I wanted to add um, a little earlier, Paula, was two phrases that can be huge in terms of um, our, our cognitive shift here and our mindset shift is I have to, I have to shifting to, I get to, I get to. So I get to have my little gnome trees today. You get to have your little gnome trees today or whatever they are. You get to do that. I get to, um, strengthen my body today. I get to nourish my body today. So if somebody's trying to create a meditation practice, I get to connect with my soul today um, or my source today, or I get to whatever that is. And that I get to is far more empowering than the depleting I have to. I have to is just another thing on your to-do list that you need to get through. And nobody wants to do that. And so they're going to avoid it like the plague. Like they're just going to avoid it. My yoga teacher used to say, stop shooting all over yourself. Or I, so you can change. I should work out today to I could work out today. I should clean the house today. I could clean the house today. It already feels so much lighter and like you have a choice about it. So starting from let's start from the first then. Yeah, from the first. What are probably two to three calls to action or simple things that our listeners can do to help set themselves up for success? Most importantly, choose two to three small things that you will take action on on the first. Part of this process is the planning prior to the first, which is that setting up for success process which really needs to be simple, fun, and implementable. Simple, fun, implementable. The other piece though that is very important is that most often I hear complaints from people who say, I didn't do enough. And that that goes back to that old paradigm. This, I will also say the most difficult thing about following through with these smaller shifts is that people have conceptualized that they're not doing enough. And that is, that is the, the one key of, of sabotage that I will, that I notice is yes, people will follow through on these three things, but like you were saying, Jessica, they should themselves, they should on themselves. Well, I should have dot, dot, dot. Right. So we need to start celebrating every single win, every single win. The other piece that is very important, that is also key to changing our behavior, but also recognizing why resolutions don't work, is we live in a very instant gratification culture. We live in this time and space where instant gratification is desirable, wanted, expected. We really need to recognize that any changes we make won't show up on our bodies, in our routine, 
in our schedule, um, in our health until March. And, and I think that that is another key is that if someone is consistent from January 1st to January 15th, they're looking for these results on the scale, in their, in their skin, um, in their bank account, whatever it may be. And then they're upset when they're not visible yet. And that's because we are impatient as a culture. And so I think another key ingredient here is not lowering our expectations, but changing our expectations on when we are going to see results and noting that consistency is key. And I actually um, did a training on this with um, a group of women that I work with. Um, about consistency. And I think this is really important, which is why I'm bringing it up here. There is, we need an operational definition for things. Operational definitions are not used enough in, in culture. And what I mean by operational definition is I will hear some of my clients say, I'm not consistent. I'm not consistent. And I'll say, well, what do you consider consistent? Well, every day. Okay. Well, twice a week, every week over a period of time is a method of consistency. If I am consistent in doing something twice a week, every week, that is a method of consistency. If I am doing something once a week and I'm doing it for a period of three months, I am consistent by doing that or taking action on that thing once a week. So operational definition of what do you mean by consistent is also important for our mindset because if we have a an intention to do something four days a week, but we do it three, we still need to be celebrating that we did it 75% of the time that we did, that we intended to do it. Like that's a huge success. But instead, people see that as a failure because they weren't 100% or they, they're not doing it every day. Or I only went to the gym this many days this week, or I only um, blah, 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 whatever it may be, rather than saying, wow, I hit that goal out of the park. So it almost sounds like this last tip is about checking our standards and becoming flexible around them. This is kind of what I'm hearing. So on the one hand, you had already talked about how we have these ideas, these operational program um, ideas of what we think we should be doing. We should be, uh, we should, we're shitting ourselves. And then we are kind of bound to these self-expectations and when we don't meet our self-expectations when they're rigid then we're breaking our resolutions we are punishing ourselves and we go back to that scarcity mindset so what I'm hearing here is checking ourselves for out those benchmarks how are we defining those benchmarks and whether we're being flexible and whose are they and can, can we become flexible around whether what happens if we don't 
do them exactly as we believe we should be doing, we should, um, and as opposed to, uh, okay, if I, if I missed one week, you know, being compassionate about it or, or, you know, how else, how else could somebody flex, become more flexible about their standards beyond checking their language? So I, I love your point about compassion. And again, I think that when a lot of us are in that fear-based mentality, it's like we're, we're going back to being children. We're, we're going back to being children where I can't let myself get away with it, right? Like you can't get away with it. And so there is in that scarcity mindset, that's where the shame, blame, and guilt comes in, where you feel like you've got to beat it into yourself. Compassion is key, but people in general struggle with compassion. Not, not everyone, but sometimes I think a lot of times people struggle with compassion because they see compassion as um, where they can escape or avoid. And one of the things that I learned from Dr. Kristen Neff is compassion is not indulgence. Compassion is not indulgence. Compassion is kindness. So um, I mentioned before we recorded today that I made a decision for my body to not go to the gym this morning because I wasn't feeling 100% for that. And I'm totally okay with that because not only is it compassion, um, but it's also me listening to my body. It's me listening to my body and listening to my own needs. So I think that's a key ingredient is what are the, um, what are the foundational principles from which you're operating? The foundational principles, are you operating from a place of fear or are you operating from a place of love? And I have an experiment for listeners that I just thought of as you said this, you inspired me, which is for if you're, when you're listening to this, to feel how your body reacts when you talk to yourself from a fear-based mentality. So think about the last time you willed yourself to do a goal. How does your body feel? Yeah. And especially with all those self-talk that can be minimizing, that is supposed to, um, that you think that may be pushing you forward. How does that feel? When I think about it, I start to feel contracted and my back starts to hurt. Now, if I start to, oh, and the, and the word should be, I should, I have to, dot, dot, dot. Think about that. And now shift to what Dr. Lloyd's um, shifting is telling us. I get to... I have the privilege of, yeah. how does that feel in your body? For me, just even saying that and, and thinking about it, I feel expansive, energized, empowered. Just that kindness yeah. is energizing me to do more. So right there, if you felt that shift, then you see how this this ch change in mentality that Dr. Lloyd is telling us from scarcity to love, to empowerment and abundance is really powerful to get our stuff done. Yeah, yeah. 
Dr. Lloyd, thank you so much for being here today. This has been amazing. We do hope you'll come back and tell us how to be kind to ourselves when maybe we didn't hit the goals that we thought we were going to (laughs) hit. And um, as always, please subscribe, leave a review. We would love for you to sign up for our newsletter so that you can get the freebies that we offer. Uh, We always, you know, give you guys some extra freebies in there and look for our Patreon as well. We have extra content in there. We're going to ask Dr. Dr. Lloyd, some extra questions that only our Patreon members are going to hear.